0: Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, Day 117. It's now been one year, 20 weeks and three days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. It's been several more weeks than usual since I hiked up the mountain to my next upper Zen spot and recorded a show for you. It's partly because I'm learning to let things go a little more instead of being so crazed about them, and I'll talk more about that later. It's partly my super busy life and partly the dang heat that's been knocking me for a loop here in Southern California but I hope you enjoyed today's show and feel it was worth the wait. First up, I wanna give a big thank you to all of the active Amazon shoppers out there in all three countries where I have links that support the show. All three countries have been active. So thanks shoppers in the US, UK and Canada. It really makes a difference. Besides the pennies, the encouragement is awesome. It lets me know that you care. It lets me know you're out there and it really means a lot then, after we listen to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, and I share what I'm letting go of today, we'll hear from a couple of BCs we haven't heard from in a little while. Helen from the UK and Joe, who is originally from the UK, but who now lives and works in Asia. I'll read you a blog post I wrote about letting things go, even if they are on my mental to-do list. It's called Baby Steps Out of a List Slump. We'll hear Donnie's reaction to our last show in her own words as she learns how to use SpeakPipe. Yay! Then I'll read a few more comment reactions from Fiona, our talented songwriter, who'll tell us about her exciting next steps, Stephanie from Quebec, who shows us the list way to comment on shows, and Dave, who asked Mark a question. Mark will actually answer BC Dave's question after he shows off his announcer chops as we initiate a brand new feature called, ta-da, the BC Bravery Sports Report. This feature is designed where you tell us via any of the ways listed on the How to Send Audio page about your latest fitness and or exercise progress or adventures. This might include a new personal best, time, distance, weight lifted, a story about how you tried something new thoughts on how it felt to get out there and move your booty. Anything that shares your fitness and exercise thoughts and journey without having it be tied to calories. I found it super motivating all of my active life to celebrate every moment I can. And for this inaugural feature, Donnie tells us what walking her half marathon felt like. After that excitement, I'll wrap up by letting you hear a sound sample from my spanking new Big Girl mic in my newly completed recording space. It's a poem I wrote for the blog titled, I Thought I Was Hungry, after which I have a few more thoughts on food, emotions, and expectations. So stay tuned while we listen to Josh, and then I'll let you know what I'm going to let go of today.
1: But I'm letting go.
0: As always, Josh, it's great to hear from you up here on the next to upper Zen spot. And VCs, I'm so excited. I actually got myself out of bed early enough to get on the mountain right when the park opened. So I actually got a chance to hike up the hill when it was still in shade. It's now hot as blazes, but I'm glad at least I got some part of my journey in the shade. Now, that's probably nothing to do with letting go, but it is something to do with gratitude that we've talked about before. And I'm supremely grateful for all the blessings in my life. And some of the blessings in my life include one of Mark's dear relatives, who I don't want to mention her name, but she's going through a pretty serious and worrisome health event at the moment. So I'd like to ask those of you who pray or send positive vibes to join me in wishing Mark's relative well and that She will find comfort and the doctors will have wisdom. Whatever you do to send positivity someone's way, please do so. I've gone ahead and built my prayer rocks here, put a little bit of wildflowers on there. You can see the pictures on the blog. But if you're a praying or positivity type person, we could really value your thoughts for Mark's special relative. Okay, onwards and upwards. Today's letting go might seem a little bit like ordinary and not real mystical and not very zen. I realize I need to let go of mindless, brainless, habitual overeating. Wow, isn't that all part of being good at intuitive eating, that you wait till you're hungry and all of that kind of stuff? Well, yes, it is. And I would have to say that intuitive eating principles have helped me immensely to limit the robot alien visits and my sense of being completely out of control and heading for the cupboards and attacking them and throwing stuff down my gullet in order not to feel emotions. I've gotten really good at identifying my emotions, even if I'm not good at not eating at that moment. And I certainly eat a whole lot less than I did. And this is evidenced in that i really haven't changed my size at all in more than a year without being on a diet and without worrying about if i'm binging or not and i have had some binges as you've heard throughout the year but for the most part i've been good to go so it's been immensely puzzling to me why do i stay at this size over 200 pounds You know, why is that? Because I do go hiking usually pretty regularly. I'm bike riding and walking to the park, and I'm pretty active and on the go and not a sit-around type person. And when I look at my meals objectively, they are pretty portion appropriate, and I'm not eating tons of chips anymore. In fact, there's weeks and weeks and weeks go by without chips hitting my mouth or sweets or other things. So why is it that my weight feels higher to me than what it ought to be because part of intuitive eating when you're paying attention to your body and kind of eating when it wants some food and stopping when it doesn't want food is that you will possibly even out at its natural size right now I know my size is probably going to be bigger than the average bear I think that's probably true but I have a sense in just how my body feels and how things go that I'm actually still bigger than what that size is. And I was looking at the big picture, right? The big things like, have you been binging? No. Are you attacking the cupboard super inappropriately? No. Are you hiding your emotions? No. So what's going on? So I put on my detective hat and started paying close attention. And I noticed things like, if say I'm taking chips out of the cupboard because I am hungry for some potato chips or I'm going to put some on my plate for my lunch and eat them in a mindful manner. I notice that as soon as that bag comes out of the cupboard, a few of those chips are going in my mouth. As soon as I get ready to cook something, maybe I'm even cutting up something like a carrot. A piece of carrot is coming into my mouth. I've noticed that I can't even walk across the floor from the kitchen to the dining room to sit down to have my food without me picking at my food. So I start to really pay attention to myself if I'm going out past the supermarket and the cheese plates there, I might pick up that sample. And it's not like, oh, is this cheese delicious? Let me try that, I've never heard of that. But it's absolutely autopilot. It's like, have you seen girls with long hair that twirl it unconsciously either through nerves or nervous energy or just that's what they do or picking at your nails or doing other behaviors like that? I have built in to my day and my behaviors all kinds of automatic eating behavior that has nothing to do with emotional overeating. It's not even compulsive overeating. It's purely habitual. It's so habitual that I'm actually blind to it. I really don't notice it since i'm not on a diet and i'm not counting all of my calories now when i was on a diet and i was counting my calories i would notice that like a hawk because i would not want to have to put those calories down you know i wouldn't want to have to figure out what is one potato chip you know i would weigh out my serving so that i could write those calories down so that was one advantage i guess of tracking all my food But me, when I'm not on a diet, which used to mean I was going to go on all-out compulsive binges, out-of-control lorry, hooray, I'm not on a diet, right? That's the other side of my binge diet cycle. But with intuitive eating, I'm really not going whole hog. I'm not eating, you know, pints of ice cream and calling that one serving or doing any of that. But if I'm going to put some ice cream in the bowl why am i using that spoon that i'm doing to serve with i've put my serving in the bowl that i'm going to eat and then while that spoon is still in my hand i'm taking an extra spoon out of the ice cream carton to eat as i'm putting the carton away and taking my bowl to wherever i'm going to eat it mindfully and i was actually shocked i mean gasp i was shocked at how much food I'm nibbling on without having any thought of it. And again, I'm not upset. I'm not hiding my emotion. It just seems that this is a built-in leftover from my non-dieting compulsive binge cycle, that when I'm giving myself permission to eat food, myself likes to go nibbling all of the time, even nibbling on the way to enjoying my meal. Now, this is crazy. If I go out to enjoy a fine dining experience. you know, Mark and I go with friends to our restaurant and they put bread on the table. I may or may not eat a little bit of that bread depending on if the bread looks really delicious to me because I know better that I want to save some space and fullness for my main entree or the appetizer. So I know not to take bites of something that isn't stupendous when I'm getting ready to enjoy something I want more. But it seems in my own home and in my general life, I have not built this in. So it's no wonder that if I'm nibbling a few potato chips prior to the potato chips and my sandwich, that I'm actually getting full before it's time to finish my usual portion. And yet I've got that sort of feeling built in like, oh, it's only another couple bites of the sandwich. I might as well eat that as to throw it away. So it's been kind of screwing with my whole fullness and not fullness sensation. This is a habit. This is a habit that I need to let go. Just like I gave up biting my nails when I was young, I need to give up mindlessly eating food. Now, Donnie made a good point in one of her comments, and I'm sorry, Donnie, I don't have that comment with me, but it comes to mind that you were talking about foraging behavior and taking a look at that. And... I'm wondering if I have some of that. Now, I do much better if I limit my meals. If I have like three meals a day and don't have six meals a day, maybe three meals a day with one snack in the afternoon, I do better with my intuitive eating stuff if I actually have a meal time and have a gap between my meals so that my stomach can process the fact that, hey, the food is now gone. And... If I go foraging or eating little bits all throughout the day, that really interferes. And I don't get a sense of fullness or hungriness. It's almost like this steady feeling. And maybe it's kind of good for blood sugar, depending on what I'm eating, but it really interferes with it. And I think overall, I have been eating more than maybe my body would ask because of this unconscious, nervous habit of mine. So isn't that a weird one? Well, you know I've let go of plenty of emotional things. Maybe I'm tired of letting go of emotional things, though I have some emotional things later I'm gonna talk about letting go of, particularly when it comes to to to-do lists and that kind of stuff. But today, my letting go is something simple. I no longer want to eat before I eat. And it's been hard, let me tell you. If I take some cookies out of the cupboard because I actually want to eat a cookie, I am not going to take a bite of that cookie before it hits the plate. That's another one. (laughs) I'm taking a bite of the cookie before it's even on my plate. Just like in the poem I'm going to read you about how I often like to pop up the toast and take a bite of it before I'm ready to eat my toast. What is this pre-eating? I think it's the impatience and the drive to be eating that doesn't lead to mindfulness because I've also realized that you know, to be a little bit hungry is fine. If you're a little bit hungry and you can't get to your next meal immediately, it's fine. It really is. Your body will say, oh, okay, we're not eating yet and kind of turn off that hungry feeling and then it'll remind you again later. The only time I get in real trouble is when I don't eat for a very long time and become way overly hungry, and then that's when I will tend to open the cupboards and just throw everything down my throat, not because of emotional alien problems, but because I'm starving. At least that's what my body thinks, and so I am driven to want to eat everything. So in order to maximize my intuitiveness with my body and its hunger feelings, I'm saying to you, brave companions, and I will report again next show on how I'm doing, that I am not going to eat things until they are on the plate. I'm not going to eat things extra out of the carton or out of the cupboard. I'm not even going to eat extra when I'm cutting carrots for the soup, even though that probably wouldn't hurt me. I'm just not going to eat extra. I'm going to eat on purpose. If I really want more chips than I've served myself, I'm going to put more chips down. If I really want a little more ice cream, I'm going to put it in the bowl so I see how much I'm actually eating. And I'm not going to just pre-eat myself into keeping the same size when I suspect I need to lose a few more pounds in some way. But I'm not going to go on a diet. (laughs) So (laughs) I got to find some other way to accommodate this. And I am kind of encouraged really, because as I move on, I see my desire for vegetables is much more so. I really do want broccoli and carrots more than I want chips when I pay attention. I'm enjoying the flavor of things like hummus and carrots. I'm not having to eat them because this is better, quote unquote, better and more healthy. My body is starting to ask me for this more often and treats are turning more into sometime treats. You know, it might take me five years, 10 years, I don't care. My life feels pretty good. And I think the whole letting go model is great. Every time I see some issue that's in my way of meeting my goals, I decide to let it go and work on that one, and my overall progress makes me very, very happy. How about you, B.C.'s? Do you tend to eat before you eat like me? What do you do about that? I'd love to hear. Usually, right about now, I'm welcoming a few new brave companions. Well, we do have a couple of new BCs who've either written me privately via email or Facebook, but they've not yet given me permission to greet them by name nor share their stories. If you are one of these new BCs, just shoot me a line and I will greet you next time. Until then, anonymous smooches for you. In the meantime, we'll hear a couple of howdies from BCs we met in the past. BC Helen from the UK, who has sent us funny jokes for foolish fun before, writes via Facebook. Please say hello to all the BCs on my behalf, and I'm sorry I am stranded from the group. Like you said to me, we are all finding our own path, and I seem to be taking a lot of dead ends just lately. Hopefully, that will improve. But yes, please say a big hello to all of the BCs, XXX. Well, XXX right back at you. Please don't be sorry, as we all have gone through isolating blahs, including me. Your thoughts, jokes, and comments are always welcome here whenever you are feeling ready again to participate. Then, Joe, another Brit whom we met on day 108, who lives and works in Asia, popped in to say hello to me via my Bravery Coach account on Twitter. Joe tweets, up to episode 90, still loving and learning and growing alongside you. Hooray, Joe, that's great. You are more than halfway through the episodes. I can hardly believe it. It always brightens my day to hear from you and hope all is going well for you so far from your home. I hope you can consider us your virtual buds and home away from home. And finally, I want to send a smooch right back to Stephanie from Quebec, who emailed me a photo smooch from her. So here's your virtual smooch, Stephanie. Remember, If you are new to the show and want to say hello to everyone, just post a comment on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com, send us some audio, or contact me in any of the ways listed on the Contact Lori page. Get permission during your contact, and you'll hear your name and our story on an upcoming show. Next up, I'm going to read you a blog post I wrote all about my compulsive mind and to-do list. It's called, Baby steps out of a list slump. I can drive myself insane with internal to-do lists. Because my brain loves to churn, there is no end to the mountain of productive things I can come with. That quote could be, should be done. Lately, I've been in a weird-ass slump of sorts. Things are overall fine and progressing, but I likewise feel stuck, as if a hypnotist paralyzed me for fun in a Vegas show, and the post-hypnotic suggestion to get nothing at all done took permanent root firmly and aggressively in my brain. I watch in a kind of slow mo horror as the piles in my dusty house of horrors grow higher. My list of show notes and segments for the next episode grows longer, and the necessary practice for my voice work grows more and more and more overdue. I wrote a bit about this and my therapist's take on this behavior in my status report of 61915. But my Zen lassitude has been increasing ever since. Partly I find this relaxing but mostly crazy making. Here are some of the things I perceive I am, quote, not doing, unquote, and need to be put on an agenda. One, get the dang show written and recorded. Two, answer all emails and comments. Three, finish sound checks for new mic for placement. Four, work on animation homework for next class. Five, do daily vocal exercises, including diaphragm strengthening. Six, call the doctor about medicine. Seven, take my friggin' vitamins. Eight, make sure to apply the gel the dentist makes me use to my gums after brushing my teeth. Nine, do something, anything in the dusty house of horrors. Ten, remember get in touch with the friends I said I would get in touch with. Eleven, cut tiger's nails and brush him. Twelve, exercise, dang it. Thirteen, eat intuitively again. Pay attention. Fourteen, write a blog post. At least this one can be crossed off. 15, look up recipes to cook for the next few days and make a grocery list. 16, go buy some groceries. 17, cook. Okay, now what's weird, even though there are some out and out chores on the list, the vast majority of them are things I like to do. But this is what I hear in my mindful Zen brain. One there are already 116 shows if anyone wants to listen it's fine to wait until you want to record something number two there is no need to answer within hours you always get to it three no one is insisting you record something with this mic yet you're not even ready to demo plenty of time to get the placement right four you can do your homework tomorrow Better work on accents today. Five, missing a day or two of vocal exercises actually lets your cords rest and your diaphragm recover. Six, you haven't needed to refill the medicine for quite a while. The discussion can be put off until you get around to it. Seven, it's not the end of the world if you miss a few days of vitamins. Eight, your teeth haven't been killing you lately and you hate that gel. Wait until you need it more. Nine. You've survived the dusty house of horrors before, and you will again. No need to stress over it. Ten. Those friends could get in touch with you if it was so important. Eleven. Tiger is sleeping, mostly in this heat. He won't notice a few days. Twelve. Too hot to exercise, dang it. Thirteen. Thirteen. At least you're noticing you're not intuitively eating right now. That's step one. Fourteen, hooray, your blog post is complete. Fifteen, we have plenty of frozen leftovers, just use them. Sixteen, no need to go to the store yet. Why buy food you aren't going to use? Seventeen, easier to reheat than start from scratch. If you compare list one and list two, what's your reaction? When I reread them, I get kind of anxious like these rationalizations and Zen excuses are unacceptable. However, part of me is quite proud of my newfound ability to chill. I'm mindfully practicing cutting myself slack since my crazy compulsive brain likes to boss me around so much. It's not really in my nature to be a lazy bum but I have to admit that part of this slack cutting just doesn't resonate with me. Is there another way? I decided to do or not do all activities in my day-to-day by asking myself one question. Is doing this activity or avoiding this activity positive or negative for any of my life goals? One, get the dang show written and recorded. To force myself to write and record a show today will not make a good show. Better to wait. Two, answer all emails and comments. Hmm, doing this will make me feel better about skipping the show recording today, and I like to answer BCs. Better do it. Three, finish sound checks for new mic for placement. Huh, this can wait. Better to give mic placement my full-on attention. It's important, but it's not a burning priority. Don't do it. Four, work on animation homework for the next class. Hmm, this can wait. I do want to research an accent for this one. I better use that time today. Five, do daily vocal exercises, including diaphragm strengthening. This will make me happier if I do it. I've had a day off already and I want to continue my progress as a voice actor. Do it. Six, call the doctor about medicine. This is a get-it-out-of-the-way chore, and why waste mental energy on it? I got it done. Seven, take my friggin' vitamins. These are needed for me to feel the most energy, so I should just do it. Eight, make sure to apply the gel the dentist makes me use on my gums after brushing my teeth. I don't like this stuff, but if I neglect it, my teeth kill me. I better do it. Nine, do something in the dusty house of horrors. This could actually wait. I've been keeping the dishes and laundry up. Good enough for now. 10, remember to get in touch with the friend you said you would get in touch with. Well, I am going to a voice acting event tonight. It is important to keep up with friends. I will count it towards this. 11, cut Tiger's nails and brush him. This can wait until tomorrow, but he loves it. I love it. Tiger's part of my cuddly happiness and he needs to feel good in his coat so I will do it first thing in the morning. 12. Exercise, dang it. Well, I got up early and took a walk just for fun. I was pressuring myself to record a show, but if I waited until all my segments were written, then it would be too hot for comfort. Decided walking is better than not walking, and that took precedence over show recording this time. 13. Eat intuitively again. Pay attention. Decided to apply the negative-positive question to every bite today. So far it's working, and I feel much more zen about my eating with this technique. 14. Write a blog post. At least this one can be done. Yay, it was done. <laughs> 15. Look up recipes. 15. Look up recipes to cook for the next few days and make a grocery list. Huh, I have enough on my plate without cooking, so I will wait a few days for this. 16. Go buy groceries. Not cooking, not needed. 17. Cook. I can still eat well by eating what I have that I've cooked already. So, how do you deal with your list? Now, I know your internal to-do list don't look like mine, but it is interesting to listen in on what you tell yourself about the items on your list. Are you anxious like me if you don't think enough items are being crossed off right now? Are you zen to the point of floundering? Do you have a good balance with moving ahead and not beating yourself into submission? I'd love to hear your thoughts about lists and how you motivate yourself. I'm finding that the more I can tie my list items to my life goals and internal desire versus internal berating I usually give myself, the more I get accomplished in the long run. I also notice I am less bitchy and snappy and feel better in my body and in my mind. But I won't lie. This is a tough one to change my thinking. To actually say I'm choosing not to do a chore that occurred to me is very, very tough. I guess I'm more used to people-pleasing, even those bossy people in my head. It's kind of strange and liberating to be mindfully assertive with myself. Baby steps into a better future. exo. show we heard a wonderful new song by our resident songwriter singer fiona lane mark was on the bravery report for recording his favorite poem for you despite his severe dyslexia amy from wisconsin decided to keep us updated by posting her status from time to time we met and learned about gratitude from new bc charm and donnie completed a half marathon let's listen to some of the comments that the show received we'll start off by hearing from donnie via speakpipe
1: Hi, Brave Companions. My first adventures is using SpeakPipe. Thanks, Lori. First you taught me how to Skype. Now you taught me how to SpeakPipe. We'll see how this goes. I finally got to listen to the episode today. It was a drudgery time on the elliptical, but listening to you made it a little more worthy. I only made it 20 minutes, but I continued to listen to the entire podcast. I did some strength training. Go, Donnie. Go, Donnie. It's super hot outside here, so working out inside is the only option. Thank Anyways, Brave Companions, I really enjoyed listening to everybody's stories. And I feel like I know each other so well. I feel like I get a chance to learn people. And Lori commented about my ability to come here and post and be faithful and true. And it's because I feel like this is a really safe place where I don't get judged. I can say whatever I feel or think, whatever I'm doing at the time, whatever I'm going through. And I just, I feel safe here. I feel like I have a really good friend in Lori and I feel like sometimes I have good input for other people and I get a lot out of listening and sharing and reading and hearing the music. Oh my gosh, I love the songs. I listen to them over and over. We have our own famous star among us and I love the songs and I thank you, Lori, for sharing those special treats with us.
0: Wow, way to go, Donnie. (laughs) For those of you who don't know what SpeakPipe is, it's an app for the iPhone and a service via computer that you can use for free to send voicemail to the show. Check out the How to Send audio page because I have exact instructions for using SpeakPipe via iPhone or from your computer if you don't have an iPhone. It's easy, the sound quality is usually pretty good, and why not have another adventure? You can also check out the How to Send audio page for a running list of all the segments and features you can participate in on the show, along with any details you may need to feel comfortable giving them a try. Automatic Bravery Report, BCs. To quote Donnie, I'm just saying. Speaking of wonderful music, Fiona leaves us a comment on day 116 to tell us her reaction to hearing her song and her exciting news. Hi, Lori and BCs. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lori, for the fabulous feature. It's so wonderful to have you as a fan of my music. I just wrote a blog post about recording my first album. Check it out and listen to a sample from the first track. And I will post a link to Fiona's blog post and album track on today's show notes for day 117 as well. Back to Fiana. Great episode, as always. Loved it when Mark shared his favorite poem, and it was so brave of him to talk about his dyslexia. I hope to hear more of him on the show. I also want to take a second to tell you how much I love the sound soundbite you insert into each episode. The applause you sometimes plug in and intros before each segment are so fun to listen to. Also, I always love hearing you sing on the show. Can't wait for the next episode. And I replied... Hi, Fiana, and congrats for stepping into your dream. It's so exciting. I loved your blog post too, and I'm looking forward to your album. Mark was touched by your comments and says you are a good songwriter. High praise from him. I'm glad you like my fun with audio. It's stuff like that that makes it more fun for me to do the editing. After so many episodes, I am tired, tired, tired of my own voice. Another reason I'm grateful you allowed me to share your song hugs right back at you Mm -hmm. xoxo and next a comment appropriate for my list ponderings of late stephanie from quebec leaves this comment on day 116 dear dave thank you for your openness dear charm your words are deeply thought-provoking dear fiana just wow beautiful song dear donnie congrats on your half marathon dear mark Love your reading of the If poem. Dear Amy, I feel you. My me summer starts today, too. Dear Lori, your podcast is the best podcast ever. Stephanie, smiley face, XX. Dave answers Stephanie with one of his heartfelt comments that proves he has a reserved place on the weekly bravery report. Love hearing from you, Stephanie. Stephanie. Back in April, I dove in with both feet to therapy and recovery with a 12-step program. I bared my soul to my therapist on my first visit. I bared my soul to my wife. I bared my soul to my 12-step sponsor and my bishop. I learned from these podcasts that my shame and guilt caused from years of hiding my issues were the trigger for my poor choices. And so in an attempt to get it all out, I have chosen to be open. I have come to trust and feel very safe around Lori and the BCs and find that being open while difficult is very liberating. Earlier in the comment conversation, BC Dave had also asked Mark this question. If Mark would be willing to share, what are his hobbies while supporting you? Well, BCs, guess what? You will find out as Mark is willing to share and answers Dave in a small interview with me after we bring you our newest feature, the BC Bravery Report featuring Donnie's Half Marathon.
2: It's time for the BC Bravery Sports Report, where Brave Companions share their sports and fitness challenges, personal best, and awesome experiences, regardless of how many calories were burned.
1: Hi, Brave Companions. Per Lori's request, I'm here to give you the updated play-by-play of my half marathon. I walk. I walk pretty fast, and I walk a lot, and although I really enjoy walking, and I felt pretty trained for this race, since I have endured some injuries over the last couple years, I'll say two years, and I did put on a little bit of weight, and I kind of have gotten complacent with my exercise. I did practice for the half marathon, and I did a couple um, practice runs that were in excess of you know 10 to 12 miles i did do two 13 mile races to be prepared for the half marathon however what i didn't prepare for was that our temperatures were going to be in the high 70s low 80s at nine o'clock in the morning i think that really taxed me i also the half marathon was on concrete it was pretty flat but it was all cement it was on a trail that we have here it's called the centennial trail but it is a cement trail and there was no gravel trail which is what i prefer to walk on because of my joints i did fairly well the first five to six miles about mile seven i really started hurting i could feel myself waning as to my spirit and my pep Fortunately, my friend drove from Boise for seven hours to come and see me and support me through the half marathon, so I never knew when she was going to be around the corner peeking at me, so I had to keep my best foot forward. She was so excited for me and with me. About mile eight, I really started to feel like I was melting down. I was in a lot of pain, and I was uncomfortable, and it was so hot. My friend appeared out of nowhere and offered me a banana. Yes, my friend loves me. She knows me very well, and bananas yes, I run for bananas. No, I don't run. I walk. I walk really fast. Anyways, the banana was just what I needed. Like not just mentally or my emotional spirit, but physically my body needed that fuel. I ate that banana and I like got my second wind and I was able to finish the race. I did get to the end and I was kind of miserable. I have an ankle injury. I have a slight feeling that I might have a stress fact fracture in the top of my foot and so I think that played a big part in the pain that I was enduring during the race though I completed it I completed it it took me about an hour longer than it did the first time I did it in 2013 but I still completed it and so I've completed two half marathons and I just have decided that I don't think half marathons are my thing. I think that 10 miles is is my thing. And I think that much past that, I, I don't really enjoy it anymore. I walk because I enjoy it. I like the endorphins. I like the way it makes me feel. But I just think that when you get past about 10 miles, that it's no longer feels good for me and something I enjoy. So I think that I might just not ever do another half marathon, but never say never, because after I did the first half marathon, which I trained to walk and somehow the adrenaline and motivation and something took over and I ended up jogging the first eight miles of that marathon. I had never jogged before, nor had I trained to jog. So you can imagine what that did to me. And I was extremely miserable and in so much pain and i had it took me 2 days to recover and i said i would never ever do another half marathon which i just did 2 years later so never say never but anyways there you have it and i have no regrets and i love that i did it and i will compete and participate in other events but i'm just really not thinking that 13 miles is my forte guess you never know till you try right thanks brave companions
2: If you'd like to share your BC Bravery Sports Report, call the Bravery Hotline, You Speak Pipe, or send audio of your story to Lori at compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. Remember, get out and have some fun. We'd love to hear about it.
0: Well, BCs, we just got done recording the BC Bravery Sports Report announce bet. So, Mark, how did you like doing that here in our new recording space?
2: Well, I'm always petrified of, of doing this.
0: Really? Why?
2: Well, uh, because I've—I'm uh, just—it's just a challenge that I—that's uh, hard for me.
0: Well, it's funny because, you know— when we listen to the tags together, sometimes you get a sparkle in your eye. What do you attribute that
2: to? Oh, dust.
0: <laughs> <laughs> come on. Do you have just a little bit of fun doing it? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so are you doing it mostly for the wifey points? Yes, wifey points. Okay, come here. You get your wifey points for sure. Now... We have a question from B.C. Dave from last show. Would you be willing to answer? Sure. He says, if Mark would be willing to share, what are his hobbies while supporting you, meaning me?
2: Well, a big hello to B.C. Dave. And to answer your question, uh, my hobbies are are many. Um, Some of my favorite are hiking. I love to we're near a national forest, so I like to get out there and hike in that national forest, take advantage of it. Um we we'd like to bicycle and uh especially at the beach and that can be very restoring, relaxing and calm and I, I love the ocean. And I love to garden. We we have a nice organic garden and uh I like you know I like that a lot. And I love uh, to read history, geology, any science stuff. I'm really interested in how how things work. And last but not least, I'm a big fan of computer games. So I play games online with people on the computer and I get a big kick out of that.
0: Yeah, I don't get such a big kick out of that because he loves to play those games so much. There's many times where I'm wishing Mark was there supporting me that he's up playing these computer games. But you really do love that, don't you?
2: Yeah, I really do love the computer games, the strategy and, you know, I like the strategy part of it and the challenge of that also.
0: And on the plus side, That's one reason I have a podcast, so that he could have his alone time and I could have my alone time. But I'm really grateful, honey, that we have our time today together. So thanks very much.
2: You're welcome.
0: Congrats, my friend, and thanks for providing us your story for the BC Bravery Report. And Dave, I hope you enjoyed Mark's answers. I'm proud of him for taking a risk and sharing more of himself with you and the other BCs. And I'm proud of you, Dave, for stepping up as an example of a true man, being open and being still worthy of our respect and caring. Well done. Today we'll wrap up the show with a recording I did of a poem I wrote for the blog called I Thought I Was Hungry. Here's a few interesting facts about this poem. 1. I had no idea when I wrote the blog post that day that a poem would come out. 2. It is totally based on the food and pondering experience that had just happened in the prior five minutes before I sat down to write. and 3. This recording is the very first one I did in my newly completed sound studio with my first professional quality mic. Enjoy. I thought I was hungry. I thought I was hungry this morning. After coffee and yogurt and nuts, visions of buttery, crunchy toast filled my nostrils with ghostly aromas and my mouth with phantom tastes of softly spiced rosemary "'tickling my palate while I savored each bite and pondered my day. "'I thought I was hungry as I prepared my toast "'and waited impatiently for the toaster to pop. "'I considered pushing the the bar by hand "'and grabbing the toasted rolls for a furtive bite. "'After all, I was hungry, and fifteen seconds seemed too long to wait "'when I was, oh, so hungry in the morning.' I thought I was hungry when I buttered the toast, enjoying the sight of buttery puddles sinking into the crevices, making my mouth water at the thought of this slippery, warm, fatty goodness oozing down my tongue, mixed with rosemary in this warm roll. So tasty, so wondrous, so right. I thought I was hungry when I sat down with my prize, virtuous in that no early bites were gone. I enjoyed the beauty of the thing, all buttery, warm, and smelling like heaven. I ate it all and cried a bit. I wasn't hungry. I was missing your hugs and kisses. Well, BCs, that ending surely surprised me and caused me to ponder a bit more about the state of my eating behavior. In the Letting Go segment, I talked about automatic eating, but this experience taught me how sometimes emotional eating can still be disguised as true hunger. So I'm starting a list, appropriate for today, of ways I can better know physical hunger. Some of these you probably know and I've probably mentioned before, but it helps me to think it through again. One, Stomach noise doesn't equal hunger. Sometimes rumbling can just be digestion. Have you just eaten? Wait a bit. Two, does what you're hungry for make sense given the time of day and circumstance? For example, I'm not usually hungry for ice cream for breakfast instead of for lunch. Three, do I know what I'm feeling? Usually I do know, and if I don't and I'm hungry, it's a big clue I'm covering up emotions and I don't want to feel them, so I'm turning to food. Four, did I just smell something good to eat? Tempting aromas can trigger me to want to eat even if I'm full or if I've just had a meal. Evaluate how much room is in my tummy before giving in. Also, A single taste will do if it just smells so delicious I want the taste. If I find myself still eating, I'm not really hungry. Five, is there something on my chore list I don't want to do? This can make me feel very hungry as my body has learned this is an excellent way to procrastinate. So BCs, don't procrastinate having adventures. Don't procrastinate having fun. Don't procrastinate having relaxation on your list for today. Until next time, VCs, here's a big smooch from the mountain. Mwah. Take care, because I really, 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 really care.
2: I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. Waiting on a free ride Ticket to a seaside Thicket on the edge of Puget Sound